0: Hey everybody, we're so glad to have you with us today. We are so excited to introduce to you um, a new guest on our show. Heidi, are you, do you wanna tell us a little bit about how far back we go with our friend, Lindy? Yes, yeah,
1: so um, first of all, Lindy, welcome to the h Hour. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Um, just a moment ago, we got to connect over FaceTime And we had this moment of like, you're real.
0: (laughs) Because we're connected over social media. How long has it been, girls? When did, has it been like, it's been over 20 years, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, it's been at, yes, at least 20.
0: At least 20. I feel like it might be closer
1: to 23 or 24. Okay, so
0: how old is your brother? Because he wasn't born when we first met.
2: Connor is about to be 21.
0: Okay, so that's about right. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) That is crazy. Uh, well, life has um,
1: taken us across country from each other. Um, Lindy's family used to live where we live here in Illinois, and yeah. now they do not. But um, kind of some years separated us, but it's so cool. And I think even just seeing Lindy face to face here a moment ago, um, I think hearts never stray when right. God's given you a
0: connection. Yeah. It's always there. Right. And we have some some history that's that not a lot of people have. We were homeschool buddies. We way, were way back in the day before it was cool to be homeschooled. <laughs> so, Lindy, could you just take a few seconds to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're at in life, if you're married, if you have kids? Just just fill our listeners in on who Lindy is.
2: Yeah, I am married. Um, well, I come from a big family. When you all knew us, you know, we there were four. Uh, three girls and then we had a fourth girl and then there were five kids. Um, so I come from a bigger family. Um, now I am married, I've been married over 10 years to a great guy named Ryan Duckworth and we have three kids, Espen, Oliver and Windsor. What and,
1: great names. I love those.
2: Oh thank you. We. I feel like there is a I feel anyone who names their children at significant times when they when you have a child, it's a very significant time. Yeah. But um, each of them have a story, and each of them um, God revealed their names to us. So yes, okay. we love it. we adore them. So um, yeah, I am in the beauty industry. I am a hair and makeup artist. My husband's in marketing. Um, we started a company in the fall. Um, It's a branding company for startup churches. There are more churches closing in America than are opening. And so we thought that there was a need for um, low-budget startups um, to change the world Um, in
0: each corner. Okay, so we just have to pause you for a second. You know that this is like our thing, right, is is churches and uh, startup churches, and that we just happened to start up a church like two short years ago.
2: I mean, I've been tuned in to <laughs> I I don't know. my heart just left. I think that's why I've watched you all since planting. I'm like, yes, this is what it's all about. Yeah. That is
0: so amazing. What an amazing resource. And why did we not know about you?:
2: <laughs> Yes,
0: how did we not know about you? I guess, because you Cause just started.
2: We're just so new.
0: That well. is amazing. Oh, I just, I love that because we have such a heart for the local church, for the Big yes. C Church, and anybody that is investing in church leaders and church builders is close, near and dear to our hearts. Yes. Well, now we know
1: that's a yeah. great resource. Writing this down right now.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what, what's your company called?
2: It's called yourmarketingdepartment.org. Okay. And the idea was for um, just to give dignity to the mm. the startup pastor mm. because um, my my parents started a church a long time ago, and just like any church, it, a good church starts in a living room or a garage. Yep. yep, and that's exactly where my parents started, and and it's still happening that way. It starts with a community of believers headed in the same direction. Yes, so we wanted to give like chipotle kind of feel to marketing for your church and the thing is you and I both know we have a message that will change the world but it's marketing that will open doors in this day and culture right and so we just want the doors open they must stay open too
1: that is so great oh my goodness I feel like if for no other reason Mm -hmm. this little nugget that you've just Mm -hmm. shared is so valuable um for us, but also for other listeners who might be either right in that startup phase of a church or contemplating, kind of feeling that nudge from the Lord to start something. But that fear can be so
0: overwhelming if the marketing is not your gift. Yeah. And I think so many startup pastors and new pastors, new leaders feel so isolated. I know we did. yeah, And we even had a team of five other couples, you know, so we had each other, but we even felt isolated when it came to the nitty gritty. Yes. Yes.
1: <clears throat> that is so cool, Lindy. I am so proud of you guys. Well, oh, thanks. We'll have to talk more on that later for sure. That's yes. going to be a fun yes, point.
0: Yes. Okay. So we have a couple of just kind of opener questions for you. This is one that we ask every single guest that we have on the H&H Hour, and it's, what about yourself or your life feels ordinary?
2: Oh my goodness! I it depends which hat I'm wearing.
0: Yes, oh, so true.
2: <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is being a mom, who um, in the mundane days where it seems like the mundane, um, just I'm just like any other mom. Like I get frustrated, mm-hmm. and then some days I have great days, and I just literally pat myself in the back. <laughs> and think, That was good. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And then the next day, it's just a flop. Yes, I've had so many moments that I have come to my kids going, you know, what's so great about us loving Jesus is that (laughs) mom needs Jesus, too. That's right.
1: (laughs) And we are required to have forgiveness and grace for each other, aren't we? (laughs)
2: yes and teaching them how to apologize and ask for forgiveness like it's so humbling but it's so good so I feel like I'm just an ordinary mom who has dreams and I have those dreams in my heart that I know I'm I know other people feel this way too where are they too big would they ever come to pass in Mm my um in my lifetime
0: yeah
2: um and would I be, would I have courage enough to go after it? Yes. So trusting the Lord with the big things in my mundane.
1: Wow, that's so good. Yes. Okay, question two. What about you do you think is extraordinary?
2: Mm, this is a good question. Um, I think it's, I think I'm extraordinary because of the family I've come from. And mainly because I I so honor my parents, and I honor their call in life, mm-hmm. and just to grow up in their house and, and watch how they handled life, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure I'll talk more about that in a second. But yeah. um, I think I just come from an extraordinary family that I, can, I can't take any credit for, um, that kind of set me on this path for life to kind of attack life in a really fun way. Hmm. That's
1: so great. You know, Lindy, I have to, because you and I were, were pretty close when we were young and I was, yeah. I was sharing with Heather just a little bit ago. I can't remember the exact age that we would have been. Help me out. You think like 13, 14, 15 ish?
2: Yeah, I think 13 maybe. Okay. Or 14.
1: Somewhere right in there. Cause I don't think we could drive. I think we were pretty reliant <laughs> on our parents to help us, connect and but i remember weekends with you and overnights and stuff like that um yeah but one thing i have to say about you is i always felt like you had this great ability to bring peace to a situation um you were always smiling
0: hmm.
1: always and um so you say these great things about your family and the cool thing is that i can attest to the fact that you did come from an extraordinary family. And because I got to witness that we got to witness Mm -hmm. that and be a part of your lives um, as younger children and as um, teens. But you yourself brought such an incredible presence to your family as well. And uh, such a poise and a grace, um, but so much fun and laughter and beauty. So yeah, I just want to speak that over you. I think that all these years later 20 years later i still remember
0: that about you and i think you're still doing that because i think i saw a video that you and your husband did a while back where you were singing something (laughs) where can we where can we find where can our listeners find that because i think they would just love to see it is it on facebook or is it on youtube or where
2: I think it's on Facebook. I don't think we put it on YouTube. I'll have to find out. But it was the day that Gene Wilder died. Yes, that's right. And we, we like, uh, what did we say? Ryan said, let's play, um, no, I can't think of it. Imagination, the Imagination song. Yes. Yeah. So we just quickly. Went into the bedroom and just recorded it. We did. We should have practiced it. I had no idea that so many people would watch it. <laughs> no, it was perfect, <laughs> just
0: the way that it was. It was so good. That's why it was fun and good. So oh, cute. Wait. Well, we need to find that, and we need to we need to share that somehow with our listeners because I think <laughs> that they would they would love it, and they would see how fun you are. That's so fun. You can text that to me, Lindy. We'll tag you in this episode. Okay. Uh, yeah,
2: I'll try to find it. Okay.
0: Okay. So, just a fun. Fun question. We, in our family, we love traditions, and we just want to know if you have any fun traditions that you do, either yourself, just as a lady, or um, if you have any fun traditions with your family.
2: Oh, that's a great question, too. I didn't get that one in the email.
0: <laughs> well, it can be, like,
1: weekly or yearly or sporadically, just something that you do as a family or for yourself. That is a fun tradition. Like, Heather, I remember a tradition that you had growing up with our little sister Holly. Right. It was May Day. Right. And on May Day, you and Holly would go out and do fun things together. Right. Like, go
0: to the orchard or go... Well, we try to have a picnic, but on May 1st in Illinois, it's usually ridiculously cold. Right. Right. I mean, it can also be like 80 degrees, but it seemed like every May Day it was freezing cold. Right. So we'd be like out at Grandview Drive with, you know, our... Ham sandwiches freezing. Yeah. But as a little girl, she loved that. And right. you guys did that for many years. Right. So anything like that?
1: Anything come to mind?
2: Yeah. You know, since we're, I don't know if this is dated or not, but we're about to celebrate Valentine's Day. Yes. And my mom did such a great job. We had such a big deal of a breakfast on Valentine's Day. Oh, fun. And it's something that we haven't done in the last few years. I mean, we we acknowledged it and exchanged cards and had we acknowledged it. But um, this year, Oliver, my second, he's he's a guy that just loves love. And so he is planning. He's five. Oh. And he said, Mom, we really need to have a big party. Oh. And I was like, yes, Valentine's Day is coming up. So we're planning. We have the, a menu. We have decor.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: And we're actually wrapping gifts, and we've invited my grandparents over, like we're gonna have the whole family, and we're gonna have a Valentine's breakfast this year.
0: Oh, that's awesome, I love that so
1: much. I feel like that's gonna be so good for you guys, and in, in this season of life that you're walking through right now, I think that's gonna be great.
0: Yes. That's so good. So you guys recently, you'll have to help me out with the time frame of this, but you just moved your family across the country, didn't you?
2: Yes, we were living in Dallas, um, My family, the McWilliams, we moved from Illinois in year 2000 to Dallas, and um, we had gone. My parents were ministering, and we all knew in that weekend that we were moving there, and so such a huge jump. We had roots in Illinois,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um, and we all just made it an adventure, so we sold a lot of things, and and came to Dallas. Well, um, that was in 2000, and um, as a kid, I knew that I always wanted to live in New York City. It was always in my heart. Hmm. It was also in Ryan's heart as a kid, and I thought we were just going to go because of we're both musicians, and I grew up dancing and acting, and and so I just thought it was going to be Broadway. Oh, <laughs> well. yeah. Three children later, you're just like, "Well, no, um, this will be interesting. How all these things will come to pass." So, it just started burning in us. It um, when when there's something so big on your heart, it just keeps growing, and that's something that you don't put in your heart. Like God gives you God gives you those desires. Yeah. And so it kept burning. We would wake up in the middle of the night, and I would say, what are you thinking? And he would say, I'm actually thinking about New York. And I'm like, me too. And so it was thing after thing, and we just felt this burning. And one day, I was cleaning the bathroom. Hello, mundane. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just felt like um, the Lord just slipped a scripture in my heart that said, um, he directs the steps of the righteous. Yeah. And I know that verse, we, I feel like anyone who's been in church long enough knows that verse. Right. And I just stopped what I was doing, and I walked into the kitchen where Ryan was, because that's where he lives. He loves being in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I said, Ryan, if God directs the steps of the righteous, that implies that the righteous are walking. Oh, let's, wow. let's do what we need to do, let's sell what we need to sell, and let's make it happen. Let's just go for a month. <laughs> and he said, okay. Wow. So we sold everything. The only thing that didn't sell was a sofa and a rug. Okay. We sold everything, and we told the kids that we're going to move to New York.
1: What was their reaction?
2: Oh, it wasn't. Like, kids are so awesome about that. They're just like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And But we got to teach them about faith, and Mm. we got to teach them about – like even that's a scary thing. Yes, people. People were telling us how crazy we were. They're like, "Do you realize you have three children?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, I forgot." Yeah, yeah, I guess sure. Right. Maybe we could bring them. Um. And just exploring what it looked like to move forward and what we felt like God was calling us to, but facing that fear because when you jump, there will always be fear. Yeah. And people would also tell us, one, we're crazy, or the other, you're so brave. Right. And I would say, well, if bravery feels a lot like vomiting, then <laughs> yes, I am very brave. Yes. yeah. yeah. So we just, um, we explored New York for a few days, and it was just thing after thing that, that God did. He clicked in. It was um, on the fourth day. We had been running out of time, we were running out of money, Mm. and I had been scrolling apps and calling brokers and trying to find a place. We knew that where we were headed was New York. And right before we left, it's kind of interesting that when you're going out um, in faith to something, we were getting so close to that starting line of Mm. jumping, and I felt like I started to make plan B plans. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And those are fear plans.
1: Well, because no one wants to look like the fool if plan A doesn't work out, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I started to make these plan B plans. Um, I was stirring my tea one morning in the kitchen, and I felt like the Lord say, come all the way into the middle of what I have for you. There's full provision there. Wow. And I'm like, oh, okay i'll go into the middle yeah (laughs) so it was like my clue when we were going through the city i just kept hearing all the way into the middle all the way into the middle okay and so to me that was like the middle of manhattan we looked in brooklyn Hmm. anyway where we ended up to make a long story short we ended up on the jersey side of things okay and um it's just two stops into um, penn station so it was really close wow And we ended up serving a church there, um, Hillsong. And um, I just realized one day after we had moved into a miracle apartment, it had so much light. (laughs) We had two months free rent at the beginning, some special they were doing. Of course. We were able to give our kids Christmas and live where we wanted to. And I felt like the Lord reminded me a couple weeks in, he's like, this was the middle into the middle of a purpose that he had for us, Mm -hmm. but it just so happened to be on the outskirts of the city that we love.
0: Wow! Mm -hmm.
2: And so, um, yes, we, so to answer your question, we did move from Dallas to New York city and with everything provided and more friends, things that only God can do. Right. And he answered prayers that I didn't know how to pray for my children. And that meant the most to me.
1: Yeah. Don't you love Lindy when you see God, invade a situation that he takes the opportunity to show us how crazy he is over us
2: absolutely
1: like when the details come together and you know you've worked hard you've hustled you've done everything you could do but it still wouldn't have been enough if not for god yes i love those stories because it's just such a reminder that god the father is so for his children and that his favor really is upon us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, this question, I was just thinking of this. We didn't we did not email you this question. Um, but I want to touch on it for just a minute because I feel like it's really relevant to your story. I think a lot of times, Lindy, people get sent by God and then the first hurdle comes upon them and they don't have the strength to jump over that hurdle. And it trips them up and they just stay grounded instead of getting up and continuing on. Um, Mm -hmm. So would you share with us, I I think I'm correct in that within those first few days of you guys being in New York City, that you guys went through something pretty traumatic as a family, is that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. Would you mind Um,
1: sharing about that briefly?
2: uh, Yeah, I would love to. We took a couple weeks to drive out to New York City. We stopped in Chicago to visit some friends and uh, who are also church planters. Okay. I, I feel a theme going on. Yeah. <laughs> and we were at their house, and I was thinking, hmm, something's something's different. I'm going to go get a pregnancy test. Mm,
0: yeah. <laughs> so
2: I found out I was pregnant wow. on our adventure. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> In route to a new life.
2: Yeah. And I had, it was was just the funniest thing in my mind. Like, it was either comical or very scary that we had sold everything. We were essentially homeless, and I found (laughs) out that I was pregnant. Yeah. So we celebrated with our friends. I had yet to tell my family. And uh, a few days after that, we arrived into New York City. So I knew that I was pregnant, carrying this life into an adventure, and it was just one of these surreal moments. So we found our apartment finally in Jersey. Ryan had gone back to pick up some things in Dallas. He just flew out there real quick, and he was going to drive a few things back because we had an empty, very echoey apartment. Yes. Yeah, sure. And we had friends that had come over. They, they knew friends. They brought over They brought over things that we needed. It was like being the church. Yeah. Like supplying those things that uh, we just love to mm, so meet cool. needs. So, um, something I just was in a lot of pain, and so I was like five weeks in, and um, I quickly lost that little one, mm-hmm. and and I I knew that I, I so I had the three children with me by myself, and that's another thing too when you're losing something by yourself mm-hmm. and your husband isn't around, whether it be just logistically or emotionally, like I really got to experience that. What if I were really alone? And so I texted Ryan and, um, I called him and I said, Hey, we lost our little love. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess he took the, it's 24 hours from Dallas to New York to drive and he was driving the truck and he just cried. Mm. And I think it was when you, when it comes out of your mouth, the things that you've lost, I think that that's when it hits you the most.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so, yeah, it was, um, when, when hope dies, when it, when it appears like hope has died, um, it's just such another level and it's another level of grace that I didn't need until that very moment that I received.
1: Yeah. So what do you feel like gave you that courage, Lindy to go to not say, okay, this is that sign that we need to just go back. We need to pause. We need, we need to not keep moving forward on this new adventure. Like surely this is not what was meant to happen. We're on the wrong track. What gave you the courage to just keep stepping forward?
2: well that's so legitimate the, the thoughts that you have did I do this did I do the wrong thing was this mm-hmm. the wrong timing mm-hmm. um, yeah it, it makes you think what have I done yeah. and I think it was just reminding myself that God had brought us here yeah,
0: yeah.
2: and he wasn't going to leave us there Yes. And there are so many times in my f- faith and my Christian walk, there have been times where I have had to march and literally remind myself of who God is in my life. Yep. There have been really dark times in my life where people have said really horrible things about me and yeah. people have betrayed me. And yeah, yeah. and I had to literally march and just say, that's not who you are, God, you haven't left me, you don't betray me. And so I feel like I had to enter a march and a vigilance in some kind of way to say, even though this was taken from me, I cannot let it steal all of my joy.
0: Yeah, it's so good. So could you tell us a little bit about your mom? And just, I remember her as such a vibrant, passionate, full of life, the love of Jesus just coming out of her every second of every moment that I remember being with her. Um, Tell us how long you had been in New York um, when she got sick, and then just walk through a little bit about who she was and um, the memory that you have of her and her life.
2: Yes. My mom is a force of nature. She is... (laughs) Big. Mm. She is just bigger than life. And um, she just took on so much in life to fight for the children that she had. I am uh, the second born of five. She had eight pregnancies. Mm. um, But I am the second of five. And my mom had an eye disease called retinopathy. And um, they started to see a pattern after she had the firstborn, Anna, um, that her eyes were hemorrhaging. Mm. And she would lose more eyesight having children and so they they thought they caught it and so she was four months nearly four months pregnant with me when the doctor came in and said we know what's happening you need to choose today between your baby or your eyes wow they were going to terminate the pregnancy that day wow and she said she said immediately a, a scripture verse from her childhood came to her mind Deuteronomy 30 I've said before you life and death blessing and cursing choose life that you and your descendants may live oh wow and she said um the choice is already made i choose my baby and he stood up slammed shut his folder and said what a foolish decision and left the room
0: oh my goodness
2: and so that was kind of the beginning of the fight for um her for my life for her eyesight her, her health so Um, Growing up, she was slowly losing more eyesight. So she was legally blind. Okay. But you would never know that. You would not have known it. No. No. She was the best actress at seeing. (laughs) She always practiced seeing. Yeah. And um, she was just, she was so great. So she fought for each and every one of us. We are all miracles. And um, my dad was her pillar, the first day that she lost her eyesight, mm. it was their first Christmas together. Wow. Um, he held her, and he said, we will not retreat. Oh. And so that kind of set the tone for their marriage and, and all that. So life is such a special thing in our house. Yes. And we believe in life, and we believe that um, life starts very early. Mm. Amen. And it is worth saving because it is a thumbprint of God himself.
0: Absolutely and so
2: um, she was just awesome. she was losing her eyesight while being a pastor's wife mm. and then she um, they had a TV show and a Christian school and they were very prominent in the um, the um, community where mm-hmm. we lived in central mm-hmm. Illinois and mm-hmm. and um, just put roots down. Yeah. Well when we moved to Dallas, something shifted she started to tell her story. And it kind of catapulted her into a speaking career, and um, she met a lot of people along the way, a lot of great people. Um, she wrote a book finally about her story called huh. "Seeing Beyond," mm-hmm. and Zig Ziglar wrote the foreword to it, oh, and um, cool. just a lot of great people along the way. She just she defied odds and and was wonderful. Um, John Maxwell, he when he met her, he said you're an ambassador of hope. And so that was her title really in life. And so um, she was just bigger than life. Well, it was about um, October. We were celebrating my sister's wedding and we were all in Dallas.
0: Just this past October.
2: Yes. This past October. Okay. And um, she said, Hey girls, I just, she, I'm sorry, she told me she said, hey, I there's something on um, I feel a lump hmm. and um, she said, but don't tell Lydia let's get through the wedding, I don't want her to be stressed or worried mm-hmm. so we're like, okay Those mamas so, are
1: always protecting their babies, aren't they? No matter how yes. old their babies get
2: <laughs> You just can't help it You can't, no.
1: it's in us
2: Yes, so Um, it was the day after the wedding, my sister Holly and myself were sitting in the living room with her, my sister Lydia and her husband, Chase, they were headed to their honeymoon. And, and so we started calling doctors to get an appointment and, uh, we went back to New York. I got a call from my mom on a Friday and she said, Hey, um, the results came back and it's cancer. Mm -hmm. And my heart dropped. Yeah. I I thought it was maybe a lymph infection. My mind never went to cancer. Mm. And so that was a Friday. All weekend, it was just heavy on my heart. Huge. We were sitting in the front row at church and, um, on Sunday, and I leaned over to Ryan and I said, I think we need to go to Dallas. Mm. And he said, okay. And in two days, I don't know why we do this, <laughs> but in two days, we had packed up our Apartment, put it in storage, and drove all the way to Dallas. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just what you do. Yeah. I I couldn't imagine being there. So we came full of faith. I knew that we would see her healed. Mm -hmm. And I knew that God was going to do the impossible and heal her whole body, even her eyesight. Mm -hmm. So we were just vigilant and I became a bulldog maybe that's the New York in me (laughs) I became a bulldog and just stood at the door of um just stood at the threshold and anyone who had fear in their voice or their conversation could not enter
0: yeah Hmm.
2: wow and we just believed that she would be healed and so um we were let's see I'm trying to think timeline so it was on Christmas Eve um, that we lost her. Mm-hmm. And we, I was so, I was so relieved the moment she took her last breath for her. There was some kind of peace, yeah. almost like a big hand pressing on my chest to steady it. Mm-hmm. And that was my first reaction. I was very calm she had taken her last breath and she went very suddenly
0: mm-hmm. we
2: found out through the course of the the cancer doctors and all that happens with that that she had a very weak heart mm-hmm. and she had had a heart attack along the way and her speaking tours and she didn't even know wow and just she was a beast she just kept going and um so she wasn't able to receive treatment because of the weakness of her heart. And so, um, she went very suddenly. Um, but we laughed so hard hours before Mm -hmm. she left. And when you look back, you can see even in the midst of the disappointment of losing her, Mm -hmm. I'm not disappointed in God at all. Mm -hmm. He has held us. And, um, so, walking through grief, it's about six weeks ago now. Wow. And so, walking through grief, grief is such a funny thing. But just going back and looking at all the things God had done in the midst of it, and death wasn't even on my radar, mm. um, healing was. Wow. And so, I'm um, just walking through that has been something that is literally life changing. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she left a really big legacy, which on some level scares me
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> because it's just so big. Yeah. And um, so I feel like I've resorted some way back to a child. Hmm. I'm a grown woman with um, three children and feeling established in some way. But all of a sudden, I feel like I've resorted back to a child going, how on earth? Am I going to navigate the rest of my life mm. without my mom? Mm. And so um, it's been kind of interesting. But recently, I've just been really meditating on Isaiah 40. And I feel like I've been found in the thicket and in the briars of grief. Mm. That the Good Shepherd, I have felt like that lost lamb. Mm. Lost in grief and lost. I just felt lost. Normally, I'm the... A visionary and dreamer, but I have felt so lost going, Would I ever have a dream again? Mm. Would I ever have a full life of color again? I feel like all the color has muted Mm. and all the sounds have muted. And how can I go forward or live a happy life without her on the earth? And so I've been in that season in the last six weeks of just feeling lost. And it was just a few nights ago. Um, I just felt like this shepherd just picked me up, scooped me, mm-hmm. and held me close to his heart, like it says in Isaiah. Mm-hmm. And I can hear his heartbeat, and I just feel held. Mm-hmm. And I know that the healing process is long. I know the grief process is long, and I no one knows how to describe it.
0: Right.
2: But I just feel held, and I'm so grateful. I cannot imagine living this life happy or in grief, without Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and His Holy Spirit helping us. So we are still navigating, mm-hmm. and uh, we are I, I'm actually still in Dallas, and ironically enough, Heather and Heidi, I am sitting in her podcast room, <laughs> and it's, it was perfectly treated and ready to go. There's all this equipment. Um, that was her next thing. That was on her list to do, and uh. and um, I did her makeup for my sister's wedding, and she said, Lynn, I think I need a change, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like, <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> like pink lipstick over red?
2: Right. right, right. We need to change shoes. <laughs> and she said, I just feel like I need to move to another town. Huh. And wow. so looking back even going,, God was preparing
0: yeah. her. yeah, yeah. yeah. For wow. heaven. Wow. That's so,
1: incredible. I, I think um, as you were speaking about your mom's eyesight, as she you know slowly lost it throughout your childhood and with each pregnancy, Lindy, I specifically remember meeting your mom for the first time and um my mom had actually kind of prepared us for the introduction i don't remember how our parents met maybe at a at a homeschool conference, conference. yeah um but then our families were meeting up for dinner mm-hmm. and my mom had kind of prepared us and said you know mrs mcwilliams is legally blind and so you know just be aware of that when you're around her and i will never forget meeting her and as she was being introduced to us she looked us in the eye And I felt like she was peering into my soul and I thought, this has got to be a joke being played on me because I know that she sees me right now. Like she sees me. And then she looked at each individual one of my siblings. So Mm -hmm. at the time there were five of us Mm -hmm. and I knew that she could see all of us. And Mm -hmm. it was so interesting to me as a child to see someone that I looked up to, you know, this godly woman, um, choose to see even when physically
0: she could not. Well, and I love I love what you said so much, It just stuck with me when you said she practiced seeing. Yes. And I, I think that is for all of us. I think that we can be spiritually blind. We can be blind to the needs of people around us we can be blind to our spouse we can be blind to our children and we need to practice seeing we need to practice seeing what god sees and i think it starts with ourselves i was just talking with a friend the other day about this and i said i wish you would start seeing yourself the way that i see you i wish you would see yourself as bold and as compassionate cuz that's what i see in you you know and, and we're so hard on ourselves and so i think there's such a a truth there that we all while we may have our physical eyesight, is it is our spiritual eyesight blind? Do right. we need to practice, just like we practice um, anything else that we want to be accomplished at? You know, we practice the piano, we practice speaking, we practice our multiplication facts, if you're a fourth grader. Um, <laughs> So, that's my world right now, multiplication facts but um yes. but I think that that is is so good and and your mom did that, and she was forced to do that because she didn't have her physical eyesight, but I think there was just something that in her loss of her physical eyesight, she had in the spiritual sense that Absolutely. she could see and and what a what a testimony for all of us and um example for all of us to see people, to see the world that God has created and made us and put us in to be this light.
1: You know, and the other thing I think of, Lindy, um I was recently watching some of your mom's videos from um when she was speaking, when she was touring. And you know, I was just finding it so interesting to look at what she was doing currently based upon what I remembered her as. And it was so funny because she's this she was the same person. And I remember thinking as a child, she is a very funny woman, you know, (laughs) um, like her sense of humor was so sharp and spot on. And okay, so I saw her give this presentation and um, it was just a short clip of the presentation, but she started to tell a story about how, because she could not see physically, um, I think she was in maybe your dad's study one time and there was a group of people in the study with her. And there was a a young man standing next to her um she thought he was seated but he was standing and so she reached down to love on his shoulder to grab his shoulder and massage it a little bit and then really i believe it was actually his little butt cheek that she was loving <laughs> yeah. on and then i think she said that that gentleman became her son-in-law down yes. the road so
2: that, that's Ryan's story that's Ryan
1: okay ah. i thought so <laughs> So, I mean, is that awkward? Were you guys already married by this point? No, right? No,
2: we weren't. We weren't so, at all, and it was the longest time before she even shared that story because she was like, "So help me, if you tell anybody about this, yeah." And
1: so, um, how awkward yeah. that your mom, you're like, "Mom, does he have a nice butt?" Like, <laughs> right. that's, that can be awkward, you know?
2: Yeah, she said the rest of my kids are mortified that they they might find their uh, they might find their soulmates that way. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Whatever yeah. you do, keep your butt away from mom. That's right. <laughs> oh. Right. Man. Uh, so I talk just, talk to us a little bit about um the people around you because I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with is when someone loses someone, especially when it's in a tragic sudden way. It's hard to know how to be there for them, it's hard to know what to say. And I think a lot of times people end up um, either saying all the wrong things or not saying anything at all. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that has looked like for you and your family?
2: That's a great question. With my siblings, I feel like we are all hitting grief in such a different way. And every day is different. Mm So some days some of my siblings are just angry Mm -hmm. other days we don't want to show up for anything like i don't care yeah um other days it's just like i need to be by people i need to be around people i need to go out like let's go out for till four in the morning you Mm -hmm. know yeah um i what has been awesome to us it's surprising to see who the people is who the people are Mm -hmm. that Just show up in your life. Yeah. And they literally just show up and they don't say anything. They're just there. Yeah. Mm. And so that has been really kind of awesome that I don't have to explain anything and I don't have to listen to what they have to say. Yeah. But they're just there. Yeah. And people have texted me saying, Hey, do you want to go out Friday night? Or, Hey, I'm bringing bagels over.
0: Yeah.
2: Or, um, I'm bringing coffee to your salon my sister and I have a salon mm-hmm. in North Dallas. I'm just bringing it over. And those people that just bring over love have been ministry in and of itself.
1: Mm. So that's so powerful because those little acts of love are what could seem so ordinary, but to you in this moment, that's the extraordinary love that you're sensing and I think right. that's so powerful for so many of us to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the mistake many of us make is reaching out to people, but then putting the burden on them to then yes. res- to then respond and say, yes, I do need help. Like, hey, what can I do for you? Yeah. Or let me right. know if you need anything. Yeah.
2: Oh, my goodness. So many people have said, hey, I have a place in Malibu, or I have a place in Nashville, or I have a place in um, – out east, you know. Let me know yeah. if you need like a little break. Yeah, and, like no one's gonna be like, "Hey, can I really like hit you up on that?"
0: Right. Yeah.
2: It's something. It's it's a little bit going be almost anticipating a need. Yes. And even though that sounds great and all that, you still don't want to do those things, it feeling when you're totally in grief, it's, it's not, it doesn't sound as fun. And so, yeah, like you said, it's just the people that just show up and they don't have to say anything and they're just, they listen Mm -hmm. if you want to talk.
1: Yeah. So how, how are you and Ryan as a married couple? Um, how are, with three little ones, which just marriage and raising kids alone is a big enough Mm all-consuming element of life, Mm -hmm. Um, but you throw grief. I I think, you know, for you, the woman, um, losing her mother, someone who's been so close and so intricately involved throughout your entire life, um, your biggest cheerleader, how has that affected you guys um, in your marriage? But then how have you use this in a positive way to try and move forward? Or are you just not even there yet being we're only six weeks out?
2: There are a lot of days where I'm not there yet. And I've learned to say that. I think it's unfair to your spouse to assume that they know what you're thinking. And I think the days that I've had hard days, Ryan's been great to give me that space Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also engaged me as well. Mm. My kids have been amazing. Mm. kids are just so amazing. Yeah. They, it's simple. They know that she's with Jesus. Right. Yeah. They, they miss her. I mean, we FaceTimed every day, wow. um, but, oh, and Oliver, he wants to throw a party for Nona. Oh. And so we're going to throw a party for Nona. Yeah. And so. So the kids have been great. That has, they have been such measuring sticks to the grace of God in my life yes. wow. this time. Yeah. And I look at them, even on the days that I'm a zombie, hmm. and I look at them and I'm like, they're okay. right? Okay. I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yes. So being married, though, um, during it, and I know he's, he has lost too. Yeah. And he was actually, he had his arm around my mom. He was holding her when she took her last breath. Oh. And forever in my mind, I I just love that image. He he loved and served my mom. And just to pack up and go with me yeah. to my family's house.
0: Yeah, that's huge.
2: For now, we've been here eleven weeks.
0: That's huge.
2: And he is just a man of gold. And so I I do have those days where I just don't want to talk to him or
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: he's just there. I feel like some days you have those, just we're partners.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Um, but then other days, um, I've just tried to be honest. Just say, hey, I'm not there yet. Or I really miss her. Or um, just being so honest with where I am has really helped.
1: Yeah. Um, so, as you were talking about, so your kids called your mom Nona. Is that right? Yes. Okay, so we asked you at the beginning if you had any fun family traditions. I think that you guys need to start a tradition where you throw a yearly party for Nona. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, I love that.
1: And you you do fun things that she would have loved, whether it's silly or, you know, I don't know, grabbing Ryan's butt or (laughs) whatever it looks like. But you keep celebrating her. Showing videos of her. Yes. Show her, you know, show her her preaching and her speaking and Mm -hmm. um,
0: keep her legacy alive.
1: Eat her favorite foods and, and, you know, maybe for fun you like all have to walk around with blindfolds on and, you know, like (laughs) play funny games that she would have had to, you know, work hard to be able to not see in those settings or or whatever. Um, Yeah. Make that tradition and, and have a party for her. I think that. I think your little man's idea is a great one. I love that. So fun. Um, okay, so another thing, Lindy, as you were talking, that it made me think about is how I think so often, um, going back to your miscarriage, Heather and I have both experienced miscarriage and yeah. the loss of children through miscarriage. And um, I think that that's, I want to speak on this really briefly, but, you know, that could be a whole other podcast, but. I think it's so interesting that God allowed your mom to go through three herself before you had to walk through that season. Um, And I think in my, as I'm processing this, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but I feel like maybe that almost helped prepare your heart for the fact that she'd already experienced that loss. Mm -hmm. And um, what... What what did that look like between you and your mom, and the fact that she could say to you, "I know what you're going through."
2: Yeah, I think mutual tears mm-hmm. mean everything.
0: Yeah,
2: and that's exactly, She cried with me, and that was it. She just cried with me.
0: Yeah,
2: and um, yeah, you you just read, and anyone that you hear of that has miscarriage, there's this this new level of empathy. It's so true. Um, They're like, man, it's so real. And you relive those days.
1: Yes. I think that it's until you've experienced miscarriage, Heather and I both experienced this, is that it is so common, Mm -hmm. but people don't, unless you've gone through it, they don't give it um, the emotional level that it deserves. Yeah. The acknowledgement of how
0: substantial it is. That it actually is the loss of a child, yeah, and and that's what it feels like to a mother and to a father. I think to a mother especially, just that knowing you had that life inside of you, and and you think about what that child would have looked like and been named and you know grown up to be, and and it it does feel like the loss of a child. But it, I feel like it's so sad that our world doesn't recognize that very well. Um, and unless you've been through it, it's it's very hard to know that feeling.
1: Yeah. Well, and you nailed it. Uh, people ask me all the time, you know, um, going through losing our first and second child before we had our third child, who's our firstborn. Um, you know, it it has given me a new perspective. Like you said, an empathy, a compassion for women and for their husbands who go through it that I would have never had, Mm -hmm. you know, of course I wouldn't choose to have, to have lost those children, but I see how God worked some really beautiful things through Mm -hmm. that season that I had to walk through and that grieving that I had to walk through Mm -hmm. after that. Um, and I feel like, and you probably feel this way too, but I feel like I will therefore never look at my children who are walking on this earth Mm -hmm. the same again, because I realize how valuable their life is mm-hmm. and how fragile pregnancy and bearing a child, how mm-hmm. fragile all of that is. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I just want to end with, your mom I think was just a go-getter. She had dreams and she went after them and I don't, I feel like nothing held her back um, just from knowing her years ago and watching um, some of our videos and hearing you talk about her. And one of our heart's desires for this podcast is that we would inspire people to go after their dreams, that we would inspire ordinary people to go out and say yes to things like moving across the country to New York City, but (laughs) yes to the things that seem too big, yes to the things that seem out of reach. And what just one last parting nugget of wisdom from your mom what do you think she would say to the the mom that's at home with littles that feels kind of stuck or to someone who's in a dead-end job and to you know no matter the age what would she say to someone who just has a dream inside of them maybe can't define it all but how would she encourage them
2: she would say that you are not stuck you've been positioned
0: Hmm.
2: and I have thought about that so much as a mom of three that you are positioned to train leaders, mm. to train good citizens, mm-hmm. that you are positioned in a job that you don't think is right for you or you think is so mundane and you can't handle, mm. um, that you've been positioned. Put your head up and look around. Mm. Who's sitting next to you? Mm. Who's pouring coffee next to you? Mm. You've been positioned. And when we have a perspective change of where we are and where we're headed, the sky's the limit. My mom always says this. She said, when you choose to look past the horizon, the sky's the limit. Hmm. So good.
0: Well, so and it all good. comes back to seeing, right? Seeing what's around you and seeing where God's placed you. And
2: Absolutely. And for dreamers, my mom carried her car keys in her purse. They Mm -hmm. are still in her purse. Mm -hmm. And she always knew that at any moment her eyesight could change and Mm -hmm. she would be on her way.
1: (laughs) That is hope. That is faith. Yes.
2: Oh, yes. So put something in your bag. Put something in your home that Mm -hmm. reminds you of what's ahead. Mm -hmm. There are dark days and there are days where you can't see the light. You Mm -hmm. can't see the future. But put a little token of something um, in front of you that it's possible. It really is possible.
1: That is so good. Well, Lindy, I just, as your friend, um, I want to thank you for taking time to just speak with us, to share your heart and your story, to share some of your thoughts about your mom. And, um, I, I think that that's so huge. I know when I text you asking you if you were up for this, I knew full well that your answer could be, no, I'm just not ready for that. Right. But what you said, you said, yes, I so want this story to create life change. Yes. And I thought that that was so brave and so huge of you because you are choosing to not just be stuck. Mm -hmm. Yes, you might have hard days, but... You followed through with this and um, how beautifully spoken about your mom, about the things God has put in front of you and Ryan and your sweet children. I just believe so, so fully that God is not finished with what he is writing through your life. That's right. I think the fact that your mom had to choose you at four months old, even though the word of the doctor said you are foolish, the word of God says that a child is a gift. Yeah. And your mom knew that full well. Um, So just as you guys are walking through this season, I just want to encourage you that um, your body of believers who are across this nation and around the world, we love you. We are championing you guys. We are cheering you on, um, sending you some, some hugs through this, you know, this FaceTime screen right now. Um, And I pray so wholeheartedly that you would sense every day God's amazing favor and His great joy just shining over you, um, because I know that your mom's vision is completely restored. Her yes. body is completely yes. healed. Yes, she ran her race. Yes, and she finished with such great excellence.
0: Yeah,
1: and I just—I mean, what a thought that she heard those words from our Savior. Mm-hmm. Well done my good and faithful servant.
0: And that she saw Jesus, that she's seeing Jesus face to face. Yes, oh, the best sight. (laughs) The best sight. Well, thank you so much, Lindy, for being willing to do this. I'm going to let you chat with Heidi, and we're going to turn off the recording so you guys can just wrap up. And we love you, and we'll be praying for you, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thank you.